0: Whether you are a beginner runner or somebody just looking for inspiration to get out there and hit the pavement, or you're in the thick of marathon training this fall, you don't want to miss today's episode. This is the Lucy Beardricks podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On my show, I talk about everything from my crazy past life as a fashion model on the covers of magazine, my path to getting sober, to my life now where I've completely transformed to a competitive athlete where I run fast and far here in New York City. On today's episode, I'm going to be having a chat with you guys. It's another Coach's Corner, talking about some more things that I've learned while marathon training for the Chicago Marathon this fall. So let's get into it. Thanks so much for coming back. Um, As you know, if you listened to last week's episode, I have been talking about unexpected things that I've learned about training and running and improving because At heart, I'm still a beginner. Uh, You if you know my story, you know that I have some um, kind of a crazy path that's gotten me to where I am today or somebody who has run these somewhat competitive times from the 5K up to the marathon, including a sub 17 minute 5K, uh, 34, 37, 10K, blah, blah, blah. The times are not important. But what I guess I'm saying is that I have uh, turned the non-athletic body that I used to have into something that is uh, that of an athlete, and anything that I learn along the way is stuff I want to share with you guys, because if I can do it, you can do it, or at least that's the way that I feel, and that's kind of the style that I coach with. Um, I coach a lot of different kinds of runners, but um, I've coached anyone from beginners to more advanced And what I've found is seeing things in my own experience has really helped parlay that to my athletes, where if I believe in myself, um, it helps me believe in others and I can see things happen for runners that I coach. And yeah, I kind of just like to say, say to everyone that I coach, which, you know, both the, the one on one athletes that I have or people that I just give advice to, is that anything is possible. And I've been at this running thing for long enough to have seen people completely change the the game for themselves. And what I mean by that is I have a friend and this is someone I'll, I'll just say who it is. His name is Mitch Amons. And this is somebody who if you look into his story, he's someone that I came across a few years ago. He had a very similar path where he got into running a little bit later in life. his mid to late 20s and he got really really good really fast and why I like his story is that there's this idea that we have an opportunity to rewrite our narrative if you put in the work and so for someone like him he's literally he, he went from not really an athlete at all to getting sober and now trying to run a 2.13 marathon, which is a five minute mile pace for a whole marathon. That is pretty crazy. He's on his on track to do that. And so, yeah, I would just say that taking these examples, he's not the only one that's in my life that I've seen um, have these kinds of like radical transformations. But taking these examples, having an archive of, OK, well, it's it's possible and no human is limited, as Elliot Kachobe would say. Um, I think it's important for us to have those examples. Uh, basically, I would say like in your back pocket where you can just kind of like when it's hard, when it's tough, you pull it out and you go, oh, wait a minute, this person completely transformed themselves. So maybe I can do it too. And just having that bit of curiosity of what if that's everything. So I know I've been trying to like hold on to that as I've marathon trained this fall. And I wanted to share that with you guys because it's something that I think about a lot. But so yeah, let's get more into the nitty gritty of things that I want to share that I think are invaluable. It's kind of an extension of more unexpected training um, advice or thoughts that I'm having since that's where my head's at as I'm running these 100 mile weeks and spending a lot of time running. So yeah. All right. Ugh. I'm readjusting as uh, it's funny. I like I have so much mileage in my legs. It's it's hard to sit on the floor as I record this lovely uh, episode. Okay, so I if you listen to last the last episode, you know that I've been running these hundred mile weeks. And my mileage is there, and I've been running with training partners. That's been everything. I haven't been on social media mindlessly doom scrolling, scrolling, or comparing with other runners. And I've been um, doing all these things. But there's there's more. There's more stuff I didn't even begin to talk about because that's um, that's been this this experience, this cycle. I've had so many revelations on how to run better. And I want to share them with you. So aside from what I just said, which was using the example of another athlete or people who have radically transformed themselves from non-athletes to running fast like my friend Mitch, I want to um, talk about how important therapy has been. That is something that I never did. I was not, I was never in therapy. Like my whole life, you know, I've had a lot of things go down in my life. I was this crazy fashion model. I, you know, had all these, all these experiences over my long and winding path to where I am today I never was in therapy, but, you know, there was always whispers that, hey, maybe you should get into therapy or, hey, like that thing that you said on your Instagram, maybe you should be in therapy for that. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll deal with that someday. But therapy is for, honestly, my stigma that I had was therapy is for privileged people and that I don't have the means to just spend money to have someone listen to me talk. And I don't know where that came from. I don't know how I picked that up growing up. Um, I, I, I wish I could pinpoint the exact moment that I thought there I was above therapy, but I finally found the right therapist and surrendered to this idea that I don't know everything. And so, um, I started going to therapy last, I think it was winter of last year, basically after I dropped out of CIM last fall, which, uh, was a marathon I was training for last fall. Uh, And winter, and then I dropped out of this race. And basically, after that went down, I got in touch with this therapist. Who I think they actually found me, and I started talking about it. I started talking about everything. I started talking about my family and my upbringing, and modeling, and running, and everything. And uh, honestly, it's been life changing. And I think it's just so important for us to have an outlet and a resource to talk about our challenges in order to think about and reframe this stuff. And it even just helps sometimes so you talk about something that you're going through. Then as things come up, you start to see them differently. And I know for myself, I have a lot of things that um, I'm dealing with in my life, but having that perspective or having someone to bounce off of, just having someone to hold my problems up to and say, what do you think about this, helps a lot. Because a lot of times a therapist doesn't even really give their opinion. They just help you kind of unpack it even more and help you determine what kind of relationships to keep in your life, what kind of relationships to leave. And yeah, it's been invaluable for my running because it's helped me get more Uh, confident as well as hopeful instead of um, put myself down before I even give myself a chance because something I noticed especially in this marathon cycle is this idea that I would put up a wall about what I am capable of before I would even give myself a chance and more often than not talking about certain things would help me then go into workouts even more aggressively and manage to attack them and yeah, it's just been it's been insane to actually see. So therapy has been huge. Um, so aside from therapy, um, another aspect of this training cycle that's different or things that I've learned um, has been let me think. Oh, oh, oh I know. Uh, fueling. This kind of is an extension of therapy because I have kind of a funny relationship with food. I love food. I grew up in a household that really loved food. My dad was a reputable food journalist. And so I come from a background where food is something that I really like. But then obviously I was in this crazy career where food became the enemy. And this was something that was outside of me, meaning that like once I came to New York City as this fashion model under contract with one of the best agencies in the world, food was something that was kind of I I feel taken away from me. Or that this idea that the love of food wasn't allowed. And that's because some of my first memories moving here, I was this like kid from the Midwest, basically a teenager living on my own. And everything about food that i knew was shattered it was you're not allowed to go down the street and get a cupcake on any random afternoon because that's going to affect your size that's going to affect your contract that's going to affect everything your jobs that you get and um these were different times i understand people these days it's not it's not the same with the whole with the food and the modeling it's a little bit more accepting but back then, I had measurements I had to uphold. I was being measured basically on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis. And it was really hard. I, I specifically remember, um, you know, there were times that I, I just thought that I could eat the way that I did when I was growing up. And, you know, at the end of the day, there were sacrifices made to to have that over a decade long career that I had. But... I had a little spark that was uh, a little spark that was put out surrounding food because of how much stress and work got entangled with it. And I think about certain examples of like, you know, getting going to a diner and eating pancakes and thinking like, yeah, this is so great. New York City or like getting some pizza or something. And these are the very early days of New York for me when I didn't really think too hard about food. And how I was always um, punished for this stuff. And so by external forces, not by an internal um, struggle with body image, but by this external expectation that was put on me, these pressures. So I have this funny relationship that I developed with food thanks to my career But that with marathon training, it's been the opposite. It's been very, very freeing and I've learned just how much having a little bit of a more open perspective surrounding food has been valuable for my training. And that is this idea of making sure that I'm getting everything that I need, not being as restrictive as I maybe have been in the past eating to make sure that I'm I'm covering all my bases, filling all the gaps, it's been awesome. But more importantly, um, it's been not looking at myself in the mirror the way that I maybe had been conditioned to for so long because of my job, but actually saying, Looking at myself and saying, well, this body is the body that has over 100 mile weeks in it. And it is the one that has been putting in these amazing workouts and doing things I never thought I could do because I've been fueling and I'm not feeling spent or too tired or, you know, I'm I'm actually feeling a little bit more energized than I usually do, which that says a lot for being in the thick of marathon training on these high mileage weeks with these intense workouts, Um, On any given weekend, these workouts have looked pretty, pretty wild. And so that's going to lead me into the next unexpected thing that I've, I've come across during this cycle, which is to try to assume the best or have a what if approach to running and workouts and not getting ahead of yourself of what you can and can't do and so what i mean by that is is that between the therapy and the food and the fueling i've had a very um open mind when it comes to these harder effort workouts i had a 20 miler it was a few weekends ago and i was going out to central park with my training partners omri and zeb We're running 20 miles, and the whole thing within this 20-mile run was we were going to do two-by-five miles. So two-by-five-mile chunks at a six-minute mile and below pace, which basically means 30 minutes of six-minute miles on the hilly Central Park. And this was to simulate kind of like marathon training and marathon pace training uh, inside of a long run. And I remember, like, leading up to this run, I kind of had everything, like, working against me. I was tired. I wasn't totally rested. I wasn't totally, you know, hydrated, all the things. But I kind of said, well, what if I do keep up? Or what if, like, you know, it's hard and I and I surprise myself? And sure enough, I did. And that's one of, I'd say, 12 workouts that, like, I showed up and was kind of like, eh, I don't feel the best, but I'm just going to see what I can do. And it is what it is. And you know what? It worked. It worked. And I, I have to express this to you guys because I have to say, like, I want you guys to know you might see my Strava. You might see some of these workouts. Like if you, if you looked at like literally 12 hours ago, I was on the track doing mile repeats last night. And when I showed up to this mile repeat workout, so you might see on Strava. Okay. She did six by one mile. With one forty-five minute rest uh, at a five thirty-five to five thirty pace. So basically, a mile repeat is where you run a mile and you stop, and you run a mile and you stop, and you run a mile. I did all of them within the five thirties. One of them in the five high five high twenties, according to my watch. But um, you might see that workout and be like, "Whoa, okay, that's pretty intense." But if you knew what it looked like getting there, like I am tired on the train, I am like. I don't really know how I feel about this workout tonight. It's gonna be hard. Okay. Yeah, we'll just see where we are. What if what if I surprise myself? If you saw the before, you might go, oh, I felt that way to, to, you know before workout too. Or I feel that way before every time I run. I'm tired and I don't know how I'm gonna get out the door. And like what if so there's this idea that like we all, no matter what the abilities, we all feel kinda like we don't wanna do it. Even if you're listening to this right now and you like haven't run yet today and you're like oh, I have to get out there. I don't know. People, you know, you, you look at the fast people and you think that they don't have that feeling. We do. We do have that feeling. We're constantly like, oh, this is hard. Even the first mile, like there's so many times during this cycle, I'll get out there and go, God, this first mile, I don't even know if I can run today. But if you know that we all feel that and you just kind of have to get started to get it, get in it, It helps a little bit. And then you just think, oh, okay." it's supposed to kind of be like this. And that's why I don't make any decisions about the run. I have two rules. I don't make any decision about the run in the first half of the run. Like the first half, say I'm going to go run eight miles. The first four miles, I don't make any decisions about the run of like I'm going to stop early. Any of that. Until I'm halfway through. There are times, there was a time earlier this week where I think I was supposed to run like eight and I think I got through six and I was like, I'm good, I'm gonna go run. I'll go run later. And I was like, I'll just deal with this later. Not the most ideal situation, but I didn't make that decision until halfway through the run. So don't make any decisions in the first half. The other thing is to never make a decision um, during an on-rep or during an uphill. What I mean by that is is that like when I was describing that two-by-five-mile long run that I did at race pace, during any uphills or during any of the on-reps, I didn't make any decisions about the run. I didn't say, okay, well, this is going to be the last one or I'm going to cut this short or any of that. I just was like, just get through this rep. And then during the rest, you can make a decision. You can say how many more, because like, you know, there are times when I've adjusted and I've gone, okay, I'm going to turn that six reps into five, but I make that decision during a rest, not during the actual rep. And, um, that's just something that I kind of came up with during this cycle and it's been working for me because it's like, you don't make a decision when it's really hard. You make a decision when you're catching your breath and you're like, yeah, or you're over halfway through or Yeah. Uh, So what else? What other things have I learned during this marathon cycle? I have also learned, uh, this has come with the the therapy, has been that you have to separate your running from your personal life. And I have done a really good job of this where I've basically – I don't care. It, it, this is actually something that kind of came up because it was – we were doing a little marathon simulation run on the West Side Highway. And I think we were running like – we were doing 13.1. So we were doing half a marathon at like a 6.15, meaning like ready, set, go. Every mile for the 13 miles within this workout were in the 6.15s, if not faster. And I think I was like three miles in, four miles in. I turned to my training partner and I was like – it was like going pretty well, but I was like – Telling them about something that I was going through that was stressful in my daily life. And they were like, just shut up. They're like, no, we'll talk about this later. Like, stop. Like, because, you know, there's a time and a place during a run where you can be like, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Like, life, stuff, whatever. But during this workout, my training partner was like, stop. Like, because it was like personal. And I guess like... (gasps) I realized, oh, okay, we're going to work out right now. We don't have to keep, we don't have to talk about personal stuff. Like, let's just focus on the run. I was like, that's kind of important sometimes because I think it's good to separate your personal stuff. Everyone has a personal thing. Even people who are breaking world records. I'm sure they're like going through stuff and like, it's this idea that you have to separate what you're going through behind closed doors and in your private life, save that for therapy. Save that for um, a, a different time of day and just use your runs and say, this is when I'm going to check the box where I'm going to get out there, move and, you know, test myself. But n- nothing before or after the run matters. And um, I actually, I do this with the athletes I coach too sometimes where when I actually get into kind of like the intense Lucy Beatrix coach mode. Where if someone shows up to a track, and I've had this happen a few times, where an athlete shows up and they have every excuse. Oh, I'm tired. I didn't sleep last night. I did this, I did that. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to hear about it. Everybody has an excuse. I have a million excuses. I don't want to hear about it. You're just going to run right now. You're going to commit. You're going to put your head down and do the work right now. And you can worry about that stuff. It'll be waiting for you when you're done. And yeah, it's a little intense. It's a little bit like I sometimes I hear myself kind of like I say that like, you know what? If someone says I didn't sleep last night, I'm tired. It's right before a workout. And I'm like, yeah, OK, me too. It, it Sometimes you need to hear it. <laughs> like that's part of that's part of it is like there's going to be there's going to be days like that so trying to like limit those days yeah that's a goal like let's try to rest let's try to eat let's try to not be tired on underfueled or going through emotional stuff but there's going to be times when you have that when you're getting ready to go run so just know that we all have that so between therapy fueling and reframing how i look at my body image um, and having this separation of personal stuff and just using running, kind of treating it like a job and just showing up even when you don't feel like it. These are some unexpected things that have helped me during this marathon cycle that I wanted to share with you guys. I still have so much more to unpack. So keep tuning in. Thanks for coming back to my show. You can find me on Strava. I'm at, or not at, but I'm Lucy Beatrix on Strava, um, uh, it's L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. Looking forward to seeing you guys there, seeing you guys out there on the course at the Chicago Marathon in exactly 17 days. Until next time, just be fast. Just win.